the righteousness of faith. Thank you for your word once again. It's living, it's active, it's alive, and it's transforming our lives. We receive revelation of who you are, who Jesus is, and who we are, and how to live this abundant life, this inheritance that you've given unto us, and take advantage of what you so desire us to utilize to live successfully and to be examples of what you would have to be in the earth. Lord, thank you for it. We take it now. As we go into your word, we receive. Now open the book of Hebrews once again with me. We were down to the very end of chapter 1. We're going to pick up at verse 13 from where we left off the last time. And we are talking about Jesus, our high priest of our profession, our confession, saying what he said, say, Jesus, the preacher of righteousness, the king of righteousness, the giver of rest and comfort, and the king of peace and the king of prosperity. I'm telling you, Jesus is your high priest. Now, verse 13, to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Huh. He didn't. He said that to Jesus. He said that to the Son. He said that to a man who took on sin, was made to be sin, was riddled with the curse, died, went to hell, and rose from the dead, and he appeared before the Father, still having evidence of a past life, still having evidence of the curse on him, but yet no longer cursed. Absolute purity. Absolute righteousness. Absolute cleansing. He still had the stripes on his back. He still has the nail holes in his hands and in his feet. He showed them to Thomas and the other disciples when he appeared to them after walking through that wall. Glory to God in that glorified body. Which, by the way, you and I are both going to get at the catching away of the church. We are going to get our body glorified. Same one, resurrected, filled with spirit power. Hallelujah. He didn't say that to the angels, but he said to Jesus, sit right here on my right hand. I'm going to make your enemies your footstool. How's he going to do that? He's going to do it through us. He's going to do it through the church. We are his body and the feet are in the body and we're on the earth and the earth is his footstool. But verse 14 says, are they, the angels, not all ministering spirits? Well, yes, they are. Have they been sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Yes, he did. Angels are ministers. They're ministering spirits. They administer. They serve. And they've been sent out by Jesus, the Lord of the angel armies of heaven, to minister for those that have received salvation. Have you received salvation? Have you received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? Have you believed in your heart the righteousness of God? Have you said with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Then you've confessed unto salvation. For all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you, angels are available to minister for you when you say what Jesus said say. When you put his living word spoken to you in your mouth and keep it there. Don't let it depart. It'll grow. It'll develop. I'm telling you, chapter 2, verse 1 is where we're going next. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Lest at any time we should let them slip 
another translation, the footnote of my Bible for let them slip means leak out as leaking vessels. Don't let the word of God spoken to you that you've heard leak out. Plug the drain. Don't let anything steal it from you. Don't harden your heart and not receive it. Soften your heart and take it in. Contain that word. Receive it unto yourself and guard it. Guard that word like you would something very precious. For the word is more precious than silver and gold and rubies. I'm telling you, if you look in the Proverbs, he talks about that. And David, he talks about that, about how precious his words are. Read Psalm 119 about the love of the word, the value of the word, the preciousness of the words of the Father himself. Therefore, give the more earnest heed. Pay attention to the things that you heard from him. Listen. Don't let it leak out of you. Keep it in your heart and in your mind. Keep it in your mouth. Speak it by faith. Because verse 2 says, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard? That heard. That heard. Emphasis is on hearing. We got to hear. We got to hear. We got to hear. We got to hear. Take the living voice into yourself and contain it. Do not let it leak out. How do you do that? By hearing his word, loving his word, receiving his word, and obeying his word. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Take that word. <laughs> Take that word. Take it into yourself. Meditate it. Think on it. Let the word of righteousness make all things right in your thinking. Let it transform your heart where the word grows. Let it come up out of your mouth from the abundance of your heart and speak it. For Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And by your words you will be declared righteous. Or, by words, your words, you will be condemned. <laughs> Declare your righteousness by faith in what he said, and you will see it come to pass in your life. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. Let's roll on down to chapter 3 now. And he says, as a result of all those things, you can read the rest of chapter 2 yourself, but considering what he said in chapter 1, considering what he says in chapter 2, he begins verse 1 of chapter 3 with, Wherefore? Wherefore? Now after hearing and believing and understanding and desiring to obey, for this very reason, consider Jesus. Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Jesus, the apostle and high priest of your profession. Consider what he says. Wherefore, there's a reason here. This is the reason. 
Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, that's you, consider the apostle, or the one sent by the Father himself, and high priest, not just a priest, high priest of our profession, or our confession, our saying what he said to say, saying the same thing he says, speaking his word, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. He's the high priest of our profession. Say what he said to say about everything. He upholds all things by speaking his word, by my own words, by your own words, you will be justified. If you ask and require and demand anything in his name, he will do it because he is your high priest. That's why you need to consider him. And that's why you need to consider his calling. That's why you need to consider what he is and who he is and what he is doing for you right now as a minister the ministry of Jesus, the high priest ministry of Jesus right now. He already died and went to hell. He already was the Savior in that regard. Now he's acting as high priest for you. The cross is behind us. The cross is behind Jesus. It's past. All things have been done. It's finished. Now let's get our eyes on the throne. Let's get our eyes onto where we're going. Let's get our eyes onto where he is right now and what he's doing right now. What's Jesus doing right now? He already died and went to hell. That's over. What's he doing right now? He's the high priest of your profession. He's your Melchizedek, your king of righteousness. So put his words in your mouth and justify and reconcile everything in your life. Amen. So, every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. And Moses verily, truly, was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope or the expectation of what he said, firm unto the end. The house. Whose house are we? That's the body of Christ. That's the household of faith. And we are made up. The body is made up. The household is made up of living stones. It's founded upon the rock. This is done by is built by and is upheld by his spoken word of power, by the saying of his might. This includes everything in your life from the new birth to the catching away. Everything. He's upholding everything in your life from the time you were born again until the time he calls you away by the word of his power. But he can only do it if you cooperate. He can only do it if you receive that word in your heart. Don't let it run out like a leaking vessel. Contain it, maintain it, and speak it out of the abundance of your heart. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speak. And if you decree a thing, it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine on your path. You will see what to do. You will see where you're going. You won't be walking in the dark, groping around. You'll be walking in the light and if you walk in the light as he is in the light you'll have fellowship with the father and with his son Jesus Christ I'm telling you righteousness by faith is fellowship with the father
It's knowing him. It's hearing his voice. It's spending time with him. It's opening up the word of God, setting your eyes on it with an open heart and hearing him speak to you personally, showing you things about your life showing you things about you, helping you to repent, helping you to maintain a righteousness conscious, helping you to renew your mind, helping you to fill your heart with the word and grow trees of righteousness, trees of faith, trees of whatever you need growing so that you can bear the fruit of those trees in your life. You know what you need. You know what you require. You know what you desire. Do that. Take it. Glory to God. Now, how is this built? What is the rock? Hearing the word, saying the word, and doing the word. His word spoken to you is the rock foundation and is the building up. Hearing, saying, and doing the word is the rock that the church is founded on and is the means of building up the church. It's also what you found your life on and how you build up yourself, your life, your family, everything you're doing. If you want to see more on that, look at Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25, James chapter 1, 22 to 26, and James chapter 3, verses 2 to 4, and Jude 19 and 20. That's the rock. Remember the man that built his house upon the rock? He's the one that heard the word. He's the one that did the word. And he's the one that when the storm came, it beat on that house and it did not fall. But the man that heard the word and did not do the word, but he heard it, but he didn't do it. He heard it, but he let it leak out like a like a leaking vessel. He let it run out of his life. He heard it, but he hardened his heart and he refused to obey. He didn't speak it. He didn't do it. He didn't build his life on it. That man, when that same storm came, his house fell flat. Think about that. Might change the way you think about some things. Now, picking up at verse 7. Wherefore, so because of this, for this reason, as the Holy Ghost says, today, today, listener, today, believer, today, you I'm talking to you right now that are listening to my voice and to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation or in the irritation when they embittered God in the day of temptation, the day of rebellion in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. They didn't know his ways. They saw his works, but they didn't know his ways. They tempted and proved the Father and didn't receive anything. They were erring in their heart or wandering from the truth in their heart. They were seduced away from the truth in their heart. They had preachers, you could say, those ten spies that came back and everyone else that was talking as a result. 
speaking, or you could say in this day and age, false prophets that are teaching doctrines of devils, those that are in the church that are not speaking the truth of the Word of God, things out of context, things that are not right, those that are coming in through ignorance, those that are coming in just with deception and, and intending to deceive, those that are trying to rob your faith, anything that steals your faith is trying to cause you to err in your heart from the truth. Don't let anything lead you from the truth. Don't let anyone teach you untruth and lead you away from the truth. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is a way of death. Whatever's in your heart is where you're going to end up. That's what your life's going to be. Don't wander away in your heart. Open your heart. Don't harden your heart. Soften your heart. He said in Ezekiel 36 that he took out the hard heart when you got born again and he put a brand new soft heart into you. He took out the dead spirit when you got born again and he put in a brand new clean spirit. One that had never existed before. You've heard of circumcision. You've heard of the circumcision of the heart. Well, that's that. He removed the old one. He cut it out of there. He circumcised it. He cut that thing off, threw it away. It exists no longer. It's gone. Now don't harden your heart because it was made soft. And if it got hard in a few areas, oh, hallelujah, his word can purge your conscience. His blood can purge your conscience. You can be cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. If you've been provoking, if you've been rebelling, if you've been irritating God by hearing his voice and not doing what he says, there's forgiveness. There's righteousness. There's the blood of Jesus to wash you and to remove you from sin. He already took the sin out of you. Now he'll take you out of the sin. If you wandered off into sin, if you erred in your heart, he'll take you out of that sin. He'll get that filth off of you. He'll wash you, make you clean again. Hallelujah. Not because it got in you and turned you into a sinner or into an unbeliever or, or you lost your salvation. But if you got filth of the world on you, he'll wash you up with his word. He'll wash you up with the blood of Jesus because you're walking in the light as he is in the light because you're your heart is soft. You're hearing his word. You're endeavoring to follow him. And if you do something wrong, your heart smites you. You're convicted in your heart and you repent. You turn around. You don't wander away in your heart. You don't err in your heart. You know his ways. When you open up your heart and your mind, you will receive his word as a seed into your heart. You will guard your heart with all diligence for out of your heart are the forces and the outflows of life, the boundaries of your life. And your heart will delight in the Lord. Your heart will follow truth and know his ways, not merely see some things. You won't just hear about people that had results. You won't just hear testimonies. You won't just see a miracle take place and not know what took place. You won't just be taught things from the word and go, oh, isn't that nice? You won't just go to church because it's the churchy thing to do on a Sunday. You will know his way and not wander from that way. Glory to God. I bless you in Jesus' name. Meditate on this word and change your thinking and change your life. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.